0: Welcome to the Truth Be Known Podcast, bringing you the objective truth boldly, candidly, and without apology. Welcome to this week's episode. Well, hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Truth Be Known Podcast. I'm your host, Nathaniel Jolly. Now, before we get started today, what I want to do is just let you know about an awesome 20% off gear sale that's going on with some of our friends over at Things Above Us. My wife and I actually have one of their Fear God hoodies and we love them. So you should check out the shop. They have some really cool stuff and uh, we'll make sure that we put the link with the discount code in the show notes for you. So be sure to check them out at some stage. But boy, what a year. So we started with a novel virus, right, the coronavirus, which turned into government lockdowns and mask mandates. Uh, The government decided who got to keep their business open and who didn't. We heard the government tell us that strip clubs and and casinos and liquor stores and marijuana shops were essential, but that the church was not. Black Lives Matter was allowed to march with numbers sometimes in the tens of thousands, and yet... A church service of 20 was a danger and may kill us all. Loved ones in nursing homes have basically been imprisoned, not allowed to see family, all while thugs and thieves loot and pillage and plunder Walmart stores, all in the name of social justice. What a year. What a crazy, insane year Up is down. Left is right. Black is white. Right is wrong. Wrong is right. Two plus two is five. And now we're coming into the holiday season where families are being told that they shouldn't gather with loved ones. Um, We're in the midst of massive accusations from a plethora of sources concerning voter fraud that could and hopefully will have a huge impact on the elections. You almost can't believe anything any news media outlet puts out today. uh, Twitter and Facebook are engaged in some of the most blatant censorship that we've ever seen. What are Christians supposed to do? Folks, the world seems to be falling apart, at least in the US. Darkness seems to be thriving and even ruling the day. People are stressed, people are tired, Christians are anxious. And this, my dear friends, is what I want to address in today's podcast. I want us to consider a lesson from someone who, like many of you, had undoubtedly a bad year, and that's putting it mildly. In fact, this person that I want to consider a life lesson from had it worse than even many of us have in this year, and that's Job. I especially want to look at the first chapter, maybe two, in the book of Job and consider one major theme. I think it's the theme that is, in all honesty, most needed in the church today because it it is the theme of God's sovereignty. It's the understanding of God's sovereignty and how that applies to our current circumstances. And for that matter, how it applies to all future circumstances, Guys, I realize that 2020 has been an absolutely devastating year for a lot of you. And as I thumb through the Twitterverse and now try to figure out Parler um, and Facebook, what I'm seeing is that a lot of Christians are stressed. They're tired of the media. They're tired of politics. They're tired of evil ruling the day. They're tired of dictatorial governors. They're tired of lockdowns. They're tired of not being able to see their family. They're tired of being told that the church is not important. All the while, we've got parties in the streets in New York now, and the media is silent, right? And yet, we can't meet with our family for Thanksgiving. Uh, Christians are stressed. I I get that. I understand that, Um, but we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be, right? Um, There's legitimate grieving. We have the normal stress, but I'm talking about Christians who Um, almost are acting as though God is not sovereign and God is not in control. And so let's just go to the book of Job. I want to read this first chapter and let's consider what God would have us learn about his sovereignty from this chapter and how it applies to what has been a crazy, crazy year. 2020 will go down in history, no doubt, um, as one of the craziest years so let's just look at this. Job 1, <clears throat> there was a man in the name of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. His possession were, were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. And that man was the greatest of all the men in the east. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house, each one on his day, and they would send word and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the days of feasting had completed their cycle, Job would send word to them and consecrate them, getting up early in the morning and offering burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Job did so continually. Verse 6. Continuing on, it says, Now there was a day which the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Okay, so here is where we start getting a glimpse of something that is rare. Um, We're going to be exposed to the conversations in the heavens and, and get a glimpse of God's sovereignty. I think the book of Job presents God's sovereignty in a way that no other book in the Bible does. So listen to this. The Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one on earth like him, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a fence around him and his house and all that he has on every side? Have you blessed the work of his hands and possessions have increased in the land? But reach out with your hand now and touch all that he has, and he will certainly curse you to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not reach out and put your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. Now on the day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the female donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabians attacked and took them. They also killed the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, the Chaldeans formed three units and made a raid on the camels and took them and killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and behold, a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they died, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground and worshipped. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Despite all of this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. I mean, look, guys, there is so much in this first chapter. But let's just start with the fact that Job is introduced to us as a patriarch of eminent holiness and massive wealth. Right? And then the veil is lifted for us, for the readers, to see the convening of a holy tribunal that demonstrates God's absolute and utter sovereignty, like I don't think we see anywhere else in Scripture. We see that it's God himself that directs the attentions of Satan towards Job. Satan gives no indication that he was even aware of Job's existence before God points it out. God points out that he's a righteous man. Offering a trial, as it were, you Now we recognize that as Christians, we often go through trials, right? I mean, surely this year has been a great example of a year of trial for many, and yet what ensues in this chapter in this book of Job ought to give us such comfort that when we that we can experience a peace that the world could never obtain. I mean, look, just if we are if we just observe the things that are happening around us, it is easy or a Christian, even, to come to the conclusion that the U.S. is falling apart. There doesn't look like there's any hope anywhere. So where do we go? I mean, there are still folks who have closed churches. They haven't been to church for five months, six months, seven months now. By the way, if your church is still closed, find another church. Different subject, but find a place you can worship. We're meant to gather. But it, it's easy To fall into the trap of the world's falling apart and to give into despair and depression, but that is not the posture a believer should be having even in this time, right? We can have a peace that the world can't have because we understand God's sovereignty. Now, notice the posture of Satan in, in this chapter. It's important. God asks a question and Satan answers God. During the discourse, Satan basically says, of course, Job worships you, but if you take away this or that, you'll see his true colors. And to that, God responds, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. Now, Satan didn't answer back to God. Satan didn't fight God. Satan didn't question God. Satan didn't buck God's command. Why is that? It's because Satan is a created being. He is wholly subject to God's rule and reign. This idea that Satan is God's opposite equal is insane. And yet, many Christians, even in the Reformed camp, who would never say they believe that, nevertheless act as though that's true. Satan is not in control. Satan is not sovereign. Satan is a created being. Period. Satan is a mere creature who serves the ultimate will of God. Full stop. Why is that comforting? Well, it's comforting because it means that we are not subject to Satan's will. We are subject to God's will, and God's will is for his glory. And as Romans 8, 28 puts it, we all know it. It says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's you, dear believer. While you may have had a terrible year thus far, and you may be super stressed right now, remember, Romans 28 is, 828 is about you. Truth be told, the year might get worse. I'm not really sure how that could happen, but hey, it's 2020, Right. Humanly speaking, it could get it could get worse. We're about to see a big blow up over this, you know, these election fraud allegations, probably. But here's the reality. God works all things together for the good of those who he has called to himself. And herein lies our claim to peace, to rest, to joy. Whatever difficulty you're going through, God is in control. To say that God is not in control is to fundamentally reject God's sovereignty. If he's sovereign, he's in control, period. That's good news. Does that mean we understand the secret will of God? No, we're not privy to that. We don't need to know that. What we do know is that God works out everything to his glory and to the good of his people and his church. There's a redeeming characteristic in everything God does. Now, Job unlike us, isn't privy to the conversation in the heavens. I mean, he's about to have one of, his, one of the worst days of his life. And all around the U.S., similarly, people have had the worst year of their life, perhaps. They've lost their income over a period of weeks or months. They've lost loved ones. Job, Job loses all this in a day. He's the wealthiest man in the East. Not only does he lose all of his wealth, but he loses all of his servants, Not only does he lose all of that, but he also loses his family. So Satan strikes the entire cache of wealth, his livestock, his servants, and and his children all in a day, right, except for one servant who oversees each of those areas, who comes in quick succession, bringing Job the message that, you know, by the instrumentality of bandits and storms, his whole world is basically lost to him. Job doesn't know that God deems as a, him as righteous. Job doesn't know that the ultimate, what the ultimate outcome is going to be. Job isn't privy to the conversation of the heavens like we are reading the book of Job. We have a unique perspective. We get to look back on Job's situation and say, oh yeah, Job, God was sovereign. Well, that's how we should respond. And yet Job's response not knowing any of what we know is the response that every believer should have in the midst of tumultuous times blessed be the name of the lord he says rightfully so maybe you're listening to this and you know you've lost a business you've lost loved ones uh you've lost your job you're unsure about the election you're unsure about evil reigning well Believer, your posture should be blessed be the name of the Lord. God is sovereign. And ultimately, these things work out for his glory and for our good. That's all we need to know. It's 2020. I get it. We have riots. We have lockdowns. We have businesses that have been lost. We have loved ones that weren't seen for months. I mean, you hear of the story of an elderly couple husband and wife separated for five months. You know, we have cases where loved ones died in nursing homes and weren't allowed to see them. Uh, There was no funeral for family. We have dictatorial governors that are overstepping their authority. We've got government closing down churches, a really intense election going on. And don't forget murder hornets. Don't, Don't forget those. And yet we should respond like Job in the midst of all this. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hey, you know what? If Trump's legal team discovers genuine um, election fraud, and it looks like there's plenty of evidence, whether it's enough or not is yet to be seen. But you know what? If if it gets overturned and Trump turns out to have another four years, then praise God, blessed be the name of the Lord. And, you know, get ready because it's not going to stay that way forever. And you know what? If at the end of the day, um biden prevails for whatever reason right whether it's legitimate as such or not you know if he ends up in the white house then guess what believer blessed be the name of the lord god is sovereign god puts kings in places he sets up kings and removes them if we get a Biden, bidenist because we deserve a biden i should say harris like no one's under the illusion that joe biden is going to remain for four years but anyway here's the reality God is sovereign and ultimately he will bring glory to himself. God will accomplish everything that he wants to accomplish. No one is going to supersede the will of God. God's not in the heavens, wringing his hands, asking, how did all this happen? I just, no, I I didn't know that there was going to be so much fraud. No, no, that's not happening. Right, even more than Job, we should find solace in the sovereignty of God. We have what Job could have only longed for we have the completed word of God, right? We have the canonized scriptures. How much more equipped are we with truth than even Job? And yet, I see many Christians running around as though Satan is God and acting as though God has no control, dear Christian. God is not concerned. God has not been taken by surprise. God's world is not falling apart. God's not sitting on his throne saying, how did this happen? No, 2020 was foreordained. And as much as you are, you and I, humanly speaking, may be wringing our hands trying to figure out what's happening, God isn't. It was foreordained. And you and I were meant to live in this time. We were meant to experience the things that we're experiencing in the places that we're experiencing them And this is God's infinite wisdom. And in his mercy, he gave you a Bible so that you'll be prepared when these difficult times come. And dear believer, trust me when I say things are progressively going to get worse. I mean, here's the reality, right? As time goes on, things become more corrupt. Sin becomes more blatant. Right? Evil is going to continually increase. We know these things. The scripture tells us it's true. We ought not to be shocked. Now, that doesn't mean we should sit back and do nothing, but we're not shocked. God gave us everything we need to be prepared for these things. Now, as if it wasn't difficult enough for Job on that day, right? After he loses everything, I mean, let's just go back to Job and examine just how bad it really gets. Now, remember, Job is unaware of all of these things. Uh, Going on in the heavens, he just knows that one day his entire world falls apart. And if that's not bad enough, Satan appears before God a second time in chapter two, where he's then allowed to touch Job's physical body, but spare his life. And we see the most painful sickness put on Job. Right, he was struck with boils from head to toe. He had to scrape his body with you know shards of a pot. It was so bad that even Job's wife said to him, curse God and die, right? The sickness was so bad that his wife said, you need to curse God and die. And yet still Job did not sin with his lips. Now you know the rest of the story. Now there's a long monologue in chapter 38 where God speaks and he makes some profound statements making clear his own sovereignty. Let me just read some of those to you. Dear believer, God is in control. He says this to Job in chapter 38. Where were you born when I laid the foundations of the earth? You realize that God in his infinite wisdom laid the foundations of the earth? Just think about that. He goes on to say, tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements? Since you know, or who stretched the line on it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? Of course, these are rhetorical questions God's asking Job. God goes on to say, have you ever in your life commanded the morning? and causes the dawn to know its place? Do you know the time the mountain goats give birth? Do you give the horse his might? Do you clothe his neck with a mane? Is it by your understanding the hawk soars, stretching out his wing to the south? I mean, do do you see the intricate details of creation? As God's making plain his sovereignty in these passages, nothing happens other than that it is ordained by God. Now, are we saying that God causes or commits sin? By no means, but God certainly ordains that we should have trials and tribulations in this world. So in the end, Job lays his hand on his mouth because he has nothing to say. And he recognizes some of the vastness of the sovereignty of God in creation, in his creatures, and in circumstances. And then of course, in the end, Wealth was restored to Job. He was granted a new family. That doesn't replace the pain that he went through. But in all of that, Job never sinned with his lips. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Is that your response to the current set of circumstances? Because it should be. Doesn't mean you have to ignore the pain, the, you know, the, the hurt, the turmoil that's gone around. No, we're human. We have emotions, right? We don't ignore emotions, but we do take captive our emotions. We process them healthily. We deal with those things. And at the end of the day, we find comfort in knowing that God is sovereign and that ultimately God is in control of all of this. The only people who ought to be deathly afraid are those who do not know Christ. That's it for, for those of us who do. Even to die is to live. We long for the day when we live for eternity with Christ. So, dear believer, it might look like evil is winning. It might look like the U.S. is falling apart. And it might be. I don't know. It might appear as though darkness has overtaken the light, but here's the reality. Here's the truth. God is sovereign. God is in control. Christ defeated sin, overcame death, and he rules, seated at the right hand of God, and we are in Christ. And that means we are more than overcomers through him who have saved us. We have nothing to fear, the greatest and last enemy of death was overcome, defeated. God is in control, and we can take comfort in knowing that. You should take comfort in knowing that. And maybe you just need to take a step back, turn off all the social media, get off of Twitter for a day or two, stop looking at your Facebook, definitely step back from the news stations, open your Bible, spend some time in prayer, and contemplate the fact that God is sovereign. Contemplate the fact that Christ died for you. Contemplate the fact that the enemies, the real enemies, the enemies of death and sin, Christ overcame. Right? Contemplate the fact that we were once dead and now we're made alive and what that means. We have every reason in the world to be encouraged, dear believer. We have every reason in the world to have a peace and a joy that the world is looking for constantly and never finding. We have it. God is in control and we can take comfort in knowing that. We find strength in being reminded of that. We gain courage in understanding that truth. 2020 has been rough. I get it again, no doubt. But dear believer, I would encourage you today to steel yourself, stand firm. Do not despair as one without hope. Do not fall prey to depression as those who have no salvation. Our hope is in the person, and work of Christ. We as believers do not cower in the face of evil. We don't shrink back from preaching repentance to a dying world, regardless of what the world tells us, regardless of what laws are passed in our land. We are not to be silenced and we're not quiet as evil rears its ugly head. Whatever form that takes, whether it be through laws of the radical left or or dictatorial governors we aren't silent we are christians and our master has already defeated the evil one and he's given us the armor we need for the battle here on earth so regardless of what the rest of 2020 brings or 2021 or 2024 our response is the same we fight evil on every front available that's your duty as a christian Not to sink back in despair, but to stand up and fight. And we fight evil on every front by God's grace we have available. And we preach Christ and we preach Christ crucified because the gospel is the power unto salvation and nothing else will do. So be encouraged. Take heart. Be brave. Be bold. We have the only message that can save a dying world. And that's the truth of the gospel, right? We have the gospel, the good News. And so whatever happens with this election, whether by God's grace we're granted a little more time of a little more freedom in this country, or in God's judgment, we continue to get wicked rulers, our responses ought to be just like Job. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And our mission is exactly the same. We preach Christ and Him crucified. I mean, we have a Bible where the all the apostles lived in times so much worse and less free than we live and in fact the majority of believers around the world live in countries that are far less free and less safe than we live in now Am I saying we should just sit back and do nothing? No, I think I've made that clear. We fight evil on every in every way we're able to fight evil. We don't sit back and abdicate our, our, our responsibilities as citizens of a free country. But at the end of the day, our mission is still the same. We preach Christ and him crucified. So regardless of what laws are passed, regardless of who ends up being the president, regardless of you know, if, if the crazy left, which is becoming not the fringe, but the norm, takes power, we don't despair. We still have hope. We carry on. One, we ought to be on our face before God repenting for the evil that, in part, we've allowed because we choose not to fight it. We ought to be thanking God for the graces that he has given. So, guys, let us not act as though we do not have a savior because we do. And let us act not as though God is not sovereign because he is, right? So take comfort in that. Whatever 2020 brings, whatever the next few years bring, it's been ordained by God himself for his glory, for our good ultimately. And so we can, like Job, have that same posture of praising God for who he is and what he's done, right? And we continue to carry the torch of truth. We continue to preach the gospel. We continue to plant biblical churches, train faithful men for ministry, and to evangelize wherever and whenever we can and however we can. And, you know, if the government gets more creative in restricting laws, if that is how our country goes in our lifetime, then you know what? That's fine. We'll just get more creative in how we share the gospel. No problem. God gives us the tools we need. So be encouraged. Take heart. Well, guys, I hope that this week's podcast has been an encouragement to you. I know it's a little bit shorter than normal. Please do send us your comments or your questions. You can do that by sending them to Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support our podcast, we really can't do this without you. Uh, Or you'd like to support the church plant here. My wife and I moved here to plant a church in Alaska. You can do all of that by going to our Patreon account, which is just very simply patreon.com backslash Jolly Missionaries. Or if you want to send a one-time gift, you can do that through PayPal. That information will be in the show notes. So guys, we love you. Bless you. And again, until next time, let the truth be known.